0: Well, good morning, everybody. I am attempting to light the Christ candle as we speak. I don't know. I'm having troubles. All right, someone come light the Christ candle for me. No, it'll drip wax everywhere. Justin's going to come help me. All right. All right. Good morning. Who has a zip Zippo in their pocket? There we go. Christopher. Yeah. Everyone's worried about me. I hear you. Ya. Yay! <laughs> well, good morning everybody and Merry Christmas. Um, my name's Gay. I am one of the pastors here and it is so great to be with you on Christmas morning. Um today We did finally light the Christ candle, and we're celebrating the birth of Jesus who brings light and hope into our lives today. So during this Christmas Advent and now Christmas season, we have had a wonderful time preaching through Christmas classics, classic TV shows and movies that are about Christmas. And today, I get to go through my favorite movie, It's a Wonderful Life. How many of you have seen It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, now let's do it differently. How many have never seen It's a Wonderful Life? All right. Well, you guys have to pay really close attention. Okay, So there are so many favorite lines and quotes from that movie. And there are also some great Saturday Night Live sketches that you can go home and Google and watch on your own as well that have some alternate endings for the movie. So let me give you just a little backstory to the movie. So It's a Wonderful Life was released in 1946. I was not yet born, Uh uh-huh. And the movie has been a really meaningful part of American culture and Christmas tradition, not since 1946, but really since the late 70s, when through a clerical error, someone did not renew the copyright on the movie, and it became public domain. And that's when it started being shown on every television station in the land, and it became very popular, and people got to know the movie and really fell in love with it. It was actually pretty much a flop at the box office back in the 40s. So now it has become part of our our, um, Christmas culture. Um, One of the things that I love about the movie is just the storyline of the main character, George Bailey, who has such big plans for his life, hopes and dreams that he has for years wanted to have happen in his life. And um, George is a good guy. He's a responsible guy. He helps people. But all of his plans and dreams keep getting derailed in his life. Even though he seemingly is doing everything right, you know? And eventually, our main character, George Bailey, finds himself filled with despair and discouragement to the point of thinking that his life is not worth living and that no one would have been better off with him in their life. But we find as we see this story that it, the exact opposite is true that George's life, even though he didn't realize it yet, It mattered, and that hope was right around the corner for George. As we celebrate Jesus' birth today, my prayer is that each of you today will experience the hope of Christ in your life, hope for your own life, hope for the life of your friends and your family, and hope for the world that's so desperately needed today. Would you pray with me? And then we're going to take a trip to Bedford Falls. Lord, we are so grateful for the gift of your life, We just celebrate and rejoice that today, as you came into the world, you came with purpose and with a plan to save us and rescue us and bring freedom and hope to our lives. So today we say, praise your name, Lord Jesus. Bless you for coming, for saving, for rescuing us. And we bless you in the name of Christ. Amen. So the film, It's a Wonderful Life, stars Jimmy Stewart, some of you may not know who Jimmy Stewart is. Some of you may know who he is. And he it plays George Bailey, who's a man who has sought to help others his whole life. It, not necessarily. He's just always in the right place to do the right thing for somebody else. And he saved his younger brother, Harry. When he was young, he fell through the ice. And George jumped in and saved him and lost hearing in one of his ears. And George has big plans, big dreams. And so we're going to watch a film clip here that tells, George is telling his, at the time, girlfriend Mary, what his plans for his life are. So let's watch that. And the Next day and next year and a year after that, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers 100 stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. George has it all planned out. Anybody else have their life planned out at some point? You know, sometimes we try. But George's plans... um, He is going to travel. He's going to see Europe. He's going to do things. And so George buys a suitcase for his trip to Europe. And I imagine it looking very much like this suitcase that I bought in Osceola, Wisconsin, in an antique store this last fall. And George plans to put lots of travel stickers on that suitcase as he lives out these plans he has. But... The untimely death of his father meant he had to take over the family business, the building and loan in Bedford Falls. And life, our life, is often like George Bailey's story. We have hopes for the future. We have plans. We have dreams that we've made. And often, life's circumstances change those plans. And often, we pivot, and we do okay with those changes. But sometimes, after a while, we get worn down when the things that we had hoped and planned don't happen. And we can get discouraged. The Bible tells us this in Proverbs thirteen twelve: Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Like your hopes and your dreams have been derailed by life's circumstances? Well, I don't think I'm alone in saying I certainly have, and probably some of you as well. Many of us, when that happens, we get stuck. We get stuck in the what-ifs, or why didn't that happen? Why didn't this thing that I so wanted happen? And we look for answers in all kinds of places that are unhelpful, and we wait and we hope. Now, God's people... We're waiting and hoping for a Savior too, the Messiah, to come and to save them and rescue them and give them hope for their lives. In Advent, these weeks leading up to today, we remember the waiting, the waiting of the ancient Israelites for God's promise to be fulfilled. And Isaiah 9 records this promise. It says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's army will make this happen. So God's people were waiting and waiting for this promise to come true, for the Messiah to be born and to make their lives better. But they have been waiting a long time. And how many of you know that sometimes hope is hard to hold on to in the waiting? What are you hoping for today? What hopes and dreams are packed away in your suitcase? And is your heart growing weary in the waiting? Hold on, Jesus is coming. As we return to George's story, he has gotten married to his sweetheart, Mary, and has four children. The building and loan business that he's been running is struggling to survive. And it's made more difficult by his wacky Uncle Billy, who loses an $8,000 deposit. So now, in the melodrama of movies, it would be like danger music is playing in the background. And George is going to potentially have to go to prison because the mismanagement of funds of losing $8,000, and the the bank is in jeopardy of bankruptcy. So George goes to his arch enemy, Mr. Potter, and he begs for a loan to help keep the building and loan afloat. And he offers Mr. Potter a life insurance policy as collateral. And here's what Mr. Potter says to George when he looks at the life insurance policy and the value that is in it at that moment. He says, George, you're worth more to your family dead than you are alive. George is angry. His hopes deferred have made his heart sick. And after putting all his hopes and dreams in his suitcase and shoving it back in the closet so many times, because he never got to go on that trip, never got to do those things, his life seems for nothing. And George takes off in despair, and that leads to a key scene in the movie when George walks over to a bridge, over a river, and he's contemplating taking his own life, but Before George makes it to the bridge, something happens that's key. His friends and his family know that there is something terribly wrong with George, and they cry out to God in prayer. So let's take a look at the video. We're going to see a clip of his friends and family praying for him. to George Bailey. Help him, dear father. Joseph, Jesus and Mary. Help my friend, Mr. Bailey. Help my son George tonight. He never thinks about himself, God. That's why he's in trouble. George is a good guy. Give him a break, God. I love him, dear Lord. Watch over him tonight. Please, God, something's the matter with Daddy bring gay there Oh. That's Zuzu praying for her daddy. Um, so the people, his friends, his family, all these people that he doesn't realize he has impacted, are crying out to God on his behalf. Do you have people in your life who will cry out to God on your behalf? Friends or family members? Or do you know people in your life who need you to cry out to God on their behalf? People that are in a desperate place and in need of God's help. Paul exhorts us in Ephesians 6.18 to pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion to stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for believers everywhere. And Galatians 6.2 tells us, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Praying for each other is a powerful way for us to bear each other's burdens. Taking another person's hand when they're struggling and walking alongside them and praying for them is a great way to bear that person's burdens. And today, maybe you're the one who's struggling, and you need someone to come alongside you and help bear your burdens. Find friends that can pray for you. Join a life group where people want to pray for you every week. Even today, after the service, there'll be opportunity to get prayer if you need it. But we need each other when we're struggling and when we carry burdens. So don't lose heart today. God is with you as you cry out for your friends, as you cry out for your family. God is with you in your own despair. So hold on because Jesus is coming. So not only did George's friends and family pray for him, but George in his own desperation cries out to God on his own behalf. Let's watch this prayer. Say love you, say love. Say love your glory. Dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me. Has anyone prayed a prayer like that before? I have definitely done that. So let me give you just a little backstory to that scene. Uh, Jimmy Stewart said this about filming that particular scene and it'll be up on the screen behind me here. He said, as I said those words, I felt the loneliness, the hopelessness of people who had nowhere to turn and my eyes filled with tears and I broke down sobbing This was not planned at all, but the power of that prayer, the realization that our Father in heaven is there to help the hopeless had reduced me to tears. God hears our own cries. He hears the cries for others that we pray, and he has hope for the hopeless. It's a simple prayer. It's a cry for help, and here's what happens next. Prayers for George go up to heaven where Clarence, an angel, second class, is assigned to save George. And in return for that, he is going to earn his wings. Now, this is not, you know, actual theology, people. I'm just, this is a movie. So (laughs) Clarence asks God a question. He says, is George sick? And God says, no, it's worse. He's discouraged. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And George needs help. So George heads to the bridge, and he's planning to jump. But before George can jump, Clarence, the angel, dives into the water first, causing George to jump in and rescue Clarence instead of jumping in to hurt himself. George is high on the responsibility scale, people. So it saves him, and he saves Clarence. Now, Clarence tells him he's his guardian angel, but George doesn't believe it. But he starts to talk and open up to Clarence. And George eventually says this, I wish I had never been born. And Clarence, angel second class, in a stroke of brilliance, decides to grant him that wish and show him what life would have looked like for all the people around him if George had not been born. Have you ever wondered if your life mattered? Have you ever wondered if you have impacted anyone's life in a way that mattered? God created each one of you for purpose. God created you for a purpose. We read in Ephesians 2.10, "...for you are God's masterpiece." He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things he planned for you long ago. You have been created by God for a purpose. And before you were even born, God had plans for you. He had people that you were going to run into and talk to and encourage and support and pray for and visit in prison and feed and clothe He had a plan for your life. And if you had the opportunity to see what life would have been like if you weren't in it, I want to encourage you today that I am sure, like I am certain that your life, that all the people around you have benefited from life with you, not life without you. And so George has this amazing change of perspective And maybe you need a change in perspective today. We all do sometimes. And maybe you need to know your life matters. Hold on. Jesus is coming. So this new lens that George has been given and has been able to see his life through has reminded him that even though life did not turn out the way he planned, even though he didn't get to take his suitcase to Europe, Um, It was not without hope. It was not a life that was hopeless. So George runs back once again after this journey of seeing what life was like without him. Clarence brings him back to the bridge and George runs onto the bridge and he prays another prayer in this movie. And that prayer changes everything. So let's take a look at George and his last prayer in the movie. Help me Clarence, get me back, get me back, I don't care what happens to me, get me back to my wife and kids, help me Clarence please, please, I want to live again, I want to live again, I want to live again, please God, let me live again. That prayer and that journey that Clarence took George on has restored his life. God has answered that prayer. And it causes him to have hope. And the scripture we read at the beginning of the sermon today talked about hope deferred, making the heart sick. But the second part of that verse says, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And George realized that all those plans and all those dreams that he had packed away in his suitcase were not the things to hold on to. There was nothing wrong with them. They were not bad plans. They were good things, but they weren't the most important things. In the end, whether he lost his business or had to go to prison, the most important thing was his family, his friends the relationships and the life that he had built over the years that was good. He had made plans, but as we read in the book of Proverbs, God had ordered his steps. And they were good steps. All of George's life, the joys, the sorrows, the unmet expectations, the hopes deferred, had not altered the fact that there was purpose in his life. That his life, even on the worst day, was filled with the love of friends, the love of family, and the love of God. And when George makes it back home, after leaving the bridge a changed man, Bedford Falls looks different to him. And he runs around and he is, you know, talking about all the good things that Merry Christmas, Savings and Loan. Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. And he's all excited. And he makes it to his house. And I've got some pictures you can look at here up on the screen. When George makes it back home, he's a different person. And he gets home and he finds that his wife and Uncle Billy are not up at the house at that very moment. And there is a sheriff there ready to arrest him. And a bank examiner there ready to close down his business. And then Uncle Billy and Mary rush in and say, George, there's been a miracle. And Bedford Falls and all these people that George has influenced over the years had collected $8,000 so that this building and loan would not go under, that George would not go to prison, and the crisis was averted because it's Hollywood. Right? Yeah. But it's still a really good ending, right? Um, and hope has been restored to George. So it's a happy ending. George doesn't go to prison. His business doesn't fold. And he realizes the truth that the richness and the love of relationships and family are what is most important. And he is left by Clarence, Angel Second Class, an inscription in a book. And here's what it says. It says, Dear George, remember no one is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence. So Clarence got his wings. He's not a second-class angel anymore. Well, friends, I know that our lives do not always look like a Hollywood happy ending, but our hope does not lie in the outcome of our circumstances. We're not limited by our worst failure, and we're not measured by our greatest success. Your life, my life, finds hope and purpose, richness in relationships, community, people to love us because of the one that we waited for. We don't have to wait any longer. Jesus has come. Today, we celebrate the coming of Jesus into the world. He's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And instead of sending a guardian angel, God, our Father, sent Jesus, his Son, to rescue us, to bring life and hope for our lives. And to receive that gift of hope, you need a relationship with the giver of hope, Jesus Christ. And I just want to tell you, if you have never turned your life over to the will of God, And to God's care, this is a great day to do that. We read in John 3, 16, a very famous verse. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the hope. That's the promise that comes with Christ. God loved you so much he sent his son to come into the world and make a place for you with his Father. He has hope and peace and joy and love for your life today. And if you would like to unwrap this gift of hope, I want to ask you to close your eyes and all of us pray together. And I'm going to pray a prayer that if you want to turn your life and your will over to the care of God today, this is a wonderful day to do it. Let's pray. Jesus, light of the world, I want to receive the hope that I've heard about this morning, hope for my life to be forgiven for the things that I've done that have hurt myself and others. I want hope for my life to matter and to be purposeful. And I want that same hope for my friends and my family. And so today I turn my life and my will over to you, Jesus. And I receive your love that changes me and changes the world. Thank you for the gift of life. In your holy name I pray, amen. If you unwrapped that gift of hope this morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or the hundredth time, tell somebody. You can tell me, you can tell one of our prayer folks that will be up here to pray shortly. You could write it on your connection card. But we would love to connect with you and help you as you either start or continue to follow Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer. Jesus is here. He is born. He has come. He has come to bring you hope, to bring hope to your friends, to your family, and hope to our world. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. And as we go into this final week of the year, I want to give you three tips that you can take, help take this message into your week. And into the new year, because it's right around the corner. So tip number one is to read Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. It's the prophecy I read earlier that shows both the darkness people are in, the waiting, and then the promise that comes. And pay attention to the movement in these verses from hopelessness to waiting to the promise of hope being fulfilled. And then second, pray for God to fill you, your friends, and your family, and the world with hope today. And then your due this week, I think, is fun. Now, I'm not going to be able to get my roommate, my housemate, to do it because he doesn't like his heart warmed. But watch, uh, it's a wonderful life. If you have never seen it before, Or if you haven't seen it this year, it's a great New Year's movie, too, not just Christmas. So watch It's a Wonderful Life. Spend some time reflecting on where you might have lacked hope this year, maybe where you found hope or where you were able to offer hope to someone. So today we're going to close with worship and prayer this morning, as we always do. And if you are on the River Heights prayer team, I would love to have some folks come forward and be ready to pray for people this morning. So I'll just stare at you till some of you start moving. There you go. Thank you. So we're going to close with worship and prayer this morning. And this is an opportunity for you to respond to the word of God that you've heard this morning and reflect on how God might be speaking to you about your own life. The band's going to lead us in worship, and there are going to be these folks up here that would love to pray for you. Jesus is here to meet you today. I have some thoughts about the way you might want to receive prayer, but you can get prayer for anything this morning. But if you did pray a prayer to turn your life over to Jesus this morning, come up and share that with one of our prayer folks, or you can talk to me out at the Welcome Center. I'd love to pray for you. And then some of you might have a strained history with Christmas. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Christmas can be a hard season. And if you have sadness or worries surrounding Christmas this year, come and let somebody pray for you help shoulder that burden that you might be carrying I truly believe that God can rebuild your experience of Christmas Uh, my mom died 46 years ago two days ago December 23rd Christmas has always been tainted by that memory and so I just want to let you know that after 46 years which is a long time Over this last year, God has really restored joy to my life, and that's such a wonderful blessing, a wonderful gift. And I woke up on the 23rd, as I always do, and I remembered my mom, but I I was not sad. I was remembering the good things, the good memories, the wonderful things, and it's perfectly fine to be sad, but God really has changed my perspective this year. He's given me a new lens. And God can do that for you. I believe it because I I would have said that would never happen for me. This is just my lot in life. It's what's in my suitcase, the hard memories, you know. And so if you have a struggle at Christmas, would you let somebody walk with you and pray with you this morning? And then finally, if you have a suitcase like this tucked way back in your closet and it's filled with a whole bunch of metaphorical dreams and hopes that, unmet expectations things that have not come to pass the Holy Spirit is here to meet you today and help you unpack your suitcase there is freedom for you and hope for you today the good plans and dreams that God has planted in you will bring a tree of life but sometimes we have to unpack our suitcase And even though there are some good things in there, there are sometimes things we have to let go and just leave and fill up the suitcase with the dreams and the plans that God has for you. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. The worship team will dismiss us when the service is over. If you are staying for lunch today, You can stay right in this room or you can go mingle for a little while. We just have to do some setting of the tables and then we'll come back in and let you know when you can go to get your food. But please come and get prayer for this prayer this morning. God loves you. Jesus, the giver of hope, is here for you today. And I pray you experience the miracle of his love in your life today. Thank you. Why don't you stand and join me as you're able as we sing these last couple songs.